You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, guys. Welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, I will be sitting next to my wife, and we will be talking to another couple that are almost complete strangers. But they reached out recently and asked us to go on a trip. This wasn't just like a, hey, you should come and hunt my property type of thing, which I get quite a bit, and I'm very grateful for it. But this one I thought was a total scam until we started diving into it. We had our first phone conversation right before this recording, and what is about to ensue, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's going to be crazy. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited, and I think Sam is too. So let's jump into this call. You'll see what I'm talking about right now. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, so I am constantly getting asked about the gear that I'm using, and the great news is that I've got it all listed out on Go Wild. Now, if you listen carefully, I'm going to tell you how you can get a $10 gift card to use toward picking up some new gear. Go Wild is a free social community where your photos aren't censored. They're actually encouraged, so much so that Go Wild will give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. Now, as you earn those points, you can unlock awesome rewards like gift cards and free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Also, check this out. If you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So go visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, it's actually me and my wife sitting side by side, but we are on a phone call with some fellow Wisconsinites, and their names are Emily and Tony Zastro. Now, Emily reached out to us through email 
it's only been like a, a week, few days, right? Maybe, a yeah. couple days. And it was like, hey, would you guys like to go to South Africa and hunt? And I'm like, oh, sure. And let me guess, I got a free Toyota Tundra and <laughs> you're going to forgive all my student loan debts, <laughs> right? I thought it was a total scam. And then the detail that was in the email, it wasn't just like a clickbaity thing. She actually started talking about us and how she's followed us. And I was like, you know what? We're going to hop on a call. And if this person isn't fake or a catfish, then... We might go to South Africa because that would be an amazing hunt. So, Tony, Emily, welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, we are happy to be here. What what made you reach out? That's I guess that's the first question. We'll start there and then we'll move on um, from that. But what made you think, like, man, Dan and Sam, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if they want to come to Africa with us. Yeah, very much a whim, and I thought I was. I thought I sounded completely crazy. I felt crazy, <laughs> but we've had this trip planned for a year already. And it's in about a year, but all of our friends and people we would have invited or have invited have uh, not been able to come for one reason or another. And mm-hmm. I just don't want the spots that we have to go to waste because we've done this once before and it was beyond all of our expectations. And to be able to share the experience with someone um, I just, I don't want it to go. I yeah, just don't want it to be the two of us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not that it wouldn't be great. Just the two of us, but other people makes it should more be fun. Enjoying it too. Yes. Um, and you guys, so I am approaching 38 weeks pregnant. So everything on my feed has been baby this <laughs> and baby that. So Sam's videos started to show up and I was watching her and really relating and really needed the positivity through this. Um, and found out Dan had a hunting podcast and my husband's a hunter who got me into it. And we tried to do a little bit of our own business last year. And it just felt very similar the way you guys are and the way we are. So I just thought, what the heck, maybe they would want to let's give it a shot. So we have the Instagram algorithm and me to thank for this, babe. You're welcome. Wow. <laughs> you're, you're the reason I get, I love that you're already patting yourself on the back and we haven't even <laughs> gone yet. So how, I know you said that, uh, your husband, Tony got you into hunting. Tony, how did you get into hunting? I mean, I know Wisconsin's kind of an outdoorsman's paradise, but did you grow up around it? Yeah, I started out just, you know, average kid running through the woods with a beaming gun, shooting everything that moved um, <laughs> originally, but slowly worked my way to white tail hunting with my family. And I did that for, you know, age 12 to 16, 18. And then I kind of got away from it for a while because I just, I didn't have the passion for the white tail hunting. I, I'm more of a get up and chase it down kind of a guy. Um, I'm not a white, white uh, tree stand hunter. Yeah. So, much. so my buddies and I, we just started slowly getting into bird hunting after that. And um, my buddy actually was stationed out in Montana and he, he had the opportunity for me to go out there. So we went out there and started hunting there. And since then, it's just been chasing everything and everything yeah. in the sun. But nice. yeah, and then we, Emily and I met and we, I got her into it, not the white tail hunting because she hates tree hand hunt, tree stand hunting too. Yeah. Still do. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, me. I'm like I have to sit here and do nothing 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I have much better things to do with my time. <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time sitting still. So I yeah. have a real issue with that. So, but no, that's kind of how I got into it and keep progressing and trying different crazy stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, like going from, going from whitetail and then out to Montana, I can totally yeah. see the draw out there because it's, it's a whole different ball game than sitting, like you mentioned, up in a tree stand over a corn pile at 20 yards. Like you're, yep. you're actively moving. And if you want to see what's on the other side of the mountain, well, you just go and look, you know, there's, there's very <laughs> few property lines out there. Yeah. And that's my problem though, is I'm a, what's over the next hill kind of a guy. <laughs> yep. I, don't, I, I don't stop. I just, it's always what's over the next one, you know, and all of a sudden you're way the hell back and you're like, Oh man. It's going to be a long hike out tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's part of the adventure though. I love, I love helping people understand that there's more ways to hunt because Sam, I mean, last year, no, two years ago now mm -hmm. was her first season hunting and yeah. we went and sat in the tree stand and it wasn't very long. I mean, it was only like what, two and a half, three hours that morning. Yeah. And she yeah. just looked at me and she's like, what do you do here? Like, you and I'm like, sit here you and sit stare. and watch. And she's like, this is what you like. When you tell me I'm going hunting tonight, this is what you come out and do. And you love it. And you, I'm like, th back. that's exactly right. <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know about I don't this. know if that's like, a and female, then all of a sudden though. she saw a deer and she was yeah. like, oh my gosh, there's a deer, there's a deer. And, uh, it, you know, she kind of got hooked on that part of a little, little bit more but she is definitely the get up and go like if i'm not moving i'm not i might as well not be alive like get me out of this seat help me help me go and find a deer or an elk or a bear or whatever and so um i can see that side now i mean it's a big jump from wisconsin tree sands to western hunting it's an even bigger jump from western hunting to going africa. to south africa <laughs> Can you, can you guys share kind of your first trip? What did that look like? How did you end up over there? And then what was the hunt like once you were there? That yeah, unique story, because that is an incredible jump. And I don't know if we'd ever would have just done that. Mm -hmm. um, but it was actually through a Whitetails Unlimited banquet. And they had one of these hunts listed as a silent auction item. And um, I wasn't along for this particular banquet, but Tony was, and on a whim, the opening bid was listed at like $400. So he just, let's do something crazy. He threw yeah. down the opening bid and the night carried on. He didn't even think twice about it, putting in his tickets for all of the guns and stuff at the raffle. And, and lo and behold, nobody else ended up bidding on that trip. So for 400 bucks we want one i say win but he purchased <laughs> yes <laughs> um he got that hunt and i got a phone call asking if i wanted to go to africa and we were just we'd only been dating for a a year officially i think so it was still pretty early but i was like absolutely no question about it i've always so tony knew right away when you said yes yeah <laughs> he's putting <laughs> yeah. a ring on it <laughs> Yeah, well, he didn't even open with the hunt part, but I've always had the travel bug and I would yeah. go anywhere and see anything. Um, and if that meant he would go along, if he would go along meant hunting, then that's how I get him to go places. Yeah. So now I know. That's awesome. 
And once we got there, it was nothing like I expected. I can't, I don't know if I could even describe what it is that I expected, but all you see are like the African Plains videos on National Geographic and those things. And it just wasn't like that at all in the area that we were. Like there's all kinds of, it's very agricultural. It's, there are like pine tree forests that I just don't expect to see in Africa, but (laughs) the landscape itself was so unique. And then just being treated like royalty um, because you are their guests and um, they love to have you just as much as you love being there. So it was, it felt like a once in a lifetime experience, but I never want it to be. And that's why we want to go back. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, that's really sweet. I mean, I, I am an impulse buyer for sure. If I am at one of those banquets. Impulse, impulse hunter. Is that what you're really yeah, doing? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I remember I almost sold a vehicle at one point because Brett Favre was speaking at like a fundraiser and they auctioned off a whitetail hunt in Kansas with Brett Favre. And I was like, you've got, I'm sitting there watching him. Like my jaw is already on the floor. I'm looking at Brett Favre sitting on a stool, just chatting. And I'm like, this is the most amazing thing. And then the auction part came and it was a bunch of stuff that I couldn't care less about. And then they were like, you know what? This wasn't even on the original list, but we are going to auction off a three day Kansas whitetail hunt with Brett Favre. And I looked at Sam and I was like, babe, if we like, if we bid on this, like we can pay for it later. I can, I can sell the car. At like I will point, post the car to sell yet? it. Or I think, just dating? I don't remember. No money. <laughs> like, we we did not have any of this. I think we maybe came, we were given the tickets to go. No, I was like, like I will start biking months. to work every single day if I can go do this. <laughs> and so I totally get that side of it. Like bidding, especially at those places, you're like, man. I want to win something. Yeah. Regardless, you know, the money's going toward to a good cause, but right. The chance of winning it would be awesome. Well, too. I'd rather do that than go and spend, you know, $50 on lottery tickets. Oh, for sure. If it's like, Hey, I might win this brand new rifle or binoculars or a hunt. Yeah. That's, that's way more worth it to put my money yeah. into. Probably and I can't say we've ever too. been successful at anything else. We've tried to win at those, but the Africa hunt that oh, worked out in our favor. For sure. <laughs> So, so then leading up to this one, so did you go with a bunch of people that first time? Well, yes, um, but not for the reasons one would typically think. Uh, We actually got married over there. Um, We were going to go on the hunt anyway. We knew we were going to get married. So we added on and the people, the business, uh, the owners there were super receptive and excited about that idea to host their first wedding at the lodge there. So so we did that. Um, So a few family members from each of our sides uh, went, I think we had a total of nine of us um, that went that first trip. And I hunted, Tony hunted. um, I think his uncle and my brother all hunted and everyone else was just kind of along for the ride, which Mm -hmm. is how, this next one is set up as well although we won't be getting married again (laughs) (laughs) you're like let's just hunt yes let's just hunt i i love that you're like yeah you know what we're going over there we're getting married let's just do it all in one and i don't know why my mind always goes to ridiculous things like the the officiants like all right tony if you take emily to be your lawfully wedded wife (laughs) go ahead and shoot this wildebeest (laughs) (laughs) 
mid ceremony. Just you better not miss. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's sweet. Um, so y- you get over there. I mean, I'm sure there's so much going on. Your first time hunting in South Africa, you're you're getting ready for a wedding. How did you decide what you wanted to hunt? Did you have that all picked out before you got there? Or once you got there, were you like, man, these are a couple species that we want to target? For the most part, it was kind of chosen for us. So which as part of the package that we had gotten up front, each hunter was included an impala. So any of us hunting, that was the target species up front was an impala. Um, and then as you're driving around, cause that's, you do these game drives in at sunup and sundown, just like you would with any other hunt around here typically. Um, and you start to see all these other critters and the guides know off the top of their head, like what the trophy fees are for each one. And they're not pushy, but they definitely like try to, they're salesmen and they try to convince you to, and if you say no, they'll leave you alone about it, but they definitely encourage you to, to shoot a couple extra animals. So yeah, like I was talked into it. I wasn't originally a hunter, but it was not hard to, to point that Impala out. They're like, well, look, it's just sitting right there. <laughs> You're like, I mean, I guess <laughs> might as well. I'm, I'm yeah, in might trouble. As well. I have to work on my like resilience and ability to say no before, because oh, yeah. you know, oh, I, I already know. <laughs> If, if we're driving around and me and Sam are sitting there, they're going to ask me, I'm going to look at Sam for and just wait for her response. And then we go from And there. I'm too weak. I'm like, yes, you can. Yes. Go if ahead. you like that one, go ahead. Calculating the numbers in my head. How much is this going to cost? Okay, great. Right. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. once in a lifetime. We each got an Impala and then that obviously wasn't enough. We're over there. We might as well do one more. So Tony got a blue wildebeest as well um and then a, uh, his young uncle got a a blessed buck, blessed buck yeah. which is some kind of antelope creature nice. which most of the critters out there are antelope type yeah are are these animals that you ever imagined hunting i mean like were any of these like bucket list things that you wanted to do or was no. it more of a man <laughs> this far. is crazy we're in it like we're here we're going to shoot an impala and a blue wildebeest. Yeah, it's it has never been on my radar personally, um, which doesn't surprise anybody because I was not a hunter growing up. Um, even Tony, I don't think. No, I mean, no, it was yeah. never on my bucket list or anything. I never even planned on ever going to Africa either. Yeah. Until this came up and I'm like, man, it'd be kind of cool. Oh, Same yeah. Thing. And after we did it, it's like, you know, I mean, really fun to go back (laughs) yeah so was this emily your first hunt then or when did you get into hunting so my story is pretty similar to yours um in that uh, prior to meeting tony in Mm. my past life i had went out and sat in a stand whitetail hunting typical nine day gut season in wisconsin and one time i was like this is i'm not doing this well i don't know why people do it um (laughs) and that was it yeah so uh, fast forward a couple of years and I meet Tony and he talks me into going out goose hunting. And I was, all I keep thinking about is how terrible the sitting in a stand was. So yeah. of course we're at the very early stages of our relationship. So I'm like, okay, I guess sure. we'll give it a shot. 
and it was so much fun could I hit the broadside of a barn no but that's okay <laughs> <Not good> neither. <laughs> um it was just so it was such a different experience going uh waterfall hunting because you don't have to sit and be quiet mm-hmm. the whole time um it's it's more about just hanging out with the guys and your friends yeah and if they happen to come in then you have an awesome shot at getting them yeah so started with bird hunting and then turkey hunting rolled around, which happens to be my favorite. Although this year, my turkey season was not super successful considering my current pregnancy situation. situation. <laughs> um, a hey, little you've more got a hard. good gun rest. You do, but it's real hard to sneak. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Huffing and puffing through the woods. Yes. And of course, the Wisconsin season's only a week. Um, and it was really crappy weather. I was sick on top of it. So oh, anyway. Wow. Not a good year for my turkey season, but from there, again, we did a little bit more whitetail hunting here, and I just, there's no way I could do it. I just couldn't sit in a stand. Yeah. So I went to Montana for the first time with him, just kind of assuming I would tag along, and ended up shooting my first doe out there, a muley, and that's where I shot my buck. That's where I've only shot deer is in Montana. And I would do that spot and stock style hunt time and time again versus sitting in a stand. Yeah, I I feel like unless you grow up doing it, because I'm this I'm the same way. I would much rather be moving around. I really would. Yeah. But I also grew up in Wisconsin, learned I mean, just learned go sit in the woods. And back then we didn't really have a stand. I mean, I was sitting on a dead log like a tree that had fallen over or I'd bring a five gallon bucket and flip it over. But I just remember growing up and that's what I would do. I mean, all day, every day, as soon as I was probably seven or eight, maybe a little bit later, I was going and sitting with my dad or my uncle. And then once I could actually hunt, I would sit by myself. But just like you guys, I like to move. And so although it was fun to sit out there, I I would only make it till like 9 a.m., and then I'd walk, I'd, I'd walk over to my dad and he's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to sit there all day long. And I'm like, I'm oh, I was trying to scare deer towards you. And he's like, all right, go try to scare deer towards your uncle Mark. And I'm like, okay, sure. And so then that just became ritual. But yeah, the, the moving around and hunting is amazing. And that's one thing, Sam, that you haven't tried yet is like, actually going out no. and trying to spot and stop. I did go. So I guess I've been on two hunts, the whitetail a couple years ago. And then was it before that I went on the waterfowl hunt? Oh yeah. Well, you came on a duck hunt. You've come on uh a turkey hunt. Oh, I guess oh Colorado. yeah, we did turkey. The waterfowl is that am I saying this correctly? Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning this still. <laughs> um that was not a fun experience. It was freezing like first snow of the year my boots had a hole in it dan forgot the sunflower heater it i chose the rock out of the bag the worst blind we could have chosen oh yeah where we hunt you have to draw a pill and it tells you basically what choice you get of of all the blinds and there were like 35 blinds to choose from and and she picked like number 35. So you get like, we're like, oh, good. This should be a great time. Yeah. And we went out there and I think Tony shot one. Bird. I was going to say, did we even see anything? So yeah my, yeah, my buddy Tony shot one. And so it wasn't a total bust, but it, it definitely ruined Sam on waterfowl hunting. Yeah, I, pro- I won't ever get through that again, probably. <laughs> no, you will. Well, we'll get you on a good waterfowl hunt. 
it, you're right. I, w- I got lucky because the, my, our first one was relatively exciting, even though I didn't I didn't personally successfully shoot anything. Mm-hmm. I think they told me I did because y'all just kind of shoot it once. Yeah, um, right. You're like, I had a part of that. Yeah, you definitely shot that Good one. Good job, Emily. You're the only <laughs> one who hit that. Um, and that one was exciting, but I have been on some that are not. And I don't know if you ever... I don't know if I've ever been on one where I didn't have a hole in my boot or in my waders. Right. <laughs> Something always. The yep. only hunting gear that is acceptable is faulty hunting gear. I feel like yes. every everybody has stuff that breaks. And um, what speaking of, I mean, we were just talking about temperature. Sam always has PTSD from thinking about that duck hunt. <laughs> what what was the weather like, or what should we expect in April? Oh, oh yeah. So we went in April the first time. So pretty good idea of the weather. And it was just gorgeous. It was probably upper 70s, low 80s every day. Sunny. Um, I don't know if we saw a bug, like a flying bug, like you would see here in Wisconsin in the summer. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I figured the Um, bugs there would be like pterodactyls. Yeah, Yeah, like the mosquito net and everything you have to have. Well, you did, we didn't have oh. them where we stayed. And when we went into uh, Kruger National Park, which was mm, uh, what, a couple hours east of where we stayed, there was um, more bugs because uh, it was more of a a wet, like a wetter climate than the drier bush where we were. Um, there you have mosquito nets. But yeah. where we stayed and roughly where we're going to be, I just I, I swear there was not a bug and it was such a night and day from a Wisconsin summer yeah that's so the weather was beautiful that's awesome I can handle 70 80 yeah but anything hotter than that I'm out completely is it yeah. I mean when it's summer here is it like the opposite there yes um, because technically I guess South Africa is in the southern hemisphere Yep. And then obviously halfway around the world. Yep. So they typically, what do they say? Like November, December, January, they don't do a lot of hunting because it's just too hot. Okay. Um, so April there is like, what, what direction am I going? Fall. That would be yeah. their fall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very comfortable. And we would go out in the morning, like, before sun up or just as the sun is rising in sweatshirts. Um, so you have those nice swings of temperature where it's always comfortable, but not too cold or hot either way. Nice. So beautiful time to go is April. You're convincing me more and more. I know. We're, <laughs> I'm, I'm so pumped to like hop on the website, see all the animals that they offer and I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone's gathered from listening, but basically Emily sent the email, Dan and I read it and we're like, let's hop on a call with them, make sure they're legit. We found out they're legit. And now we're basically going to Africa. Now we're planning a Southern <laughs> South Africa hunt. With them. I mean, how can you say no, like hearing this and the weather and. It like, sounds like an amazing place. And oh, yeah. the fact that I can have fall twice a year, like that, yeah. that is every hunter's dream. Um, yep. Now that you guys have done it, what is the plan for this time? Uh, as far as animals go, are you are you going to stick with the same species or branch out and try something new? I don't know about me. I think it's for me personally, 
we are uh, intending, as long as she does okay on flights, to be determined, but to bring the nine-month-old that I will have at that time. So I don't know how much hunting I will be doing. Um, I'll be doing a lot of riding along at least, but as far as Tony goes, I don't know. I imagine branching out a little bit. Yeah, I definitely plan on branching out. Um, I would say definitely looking at getting a kunu. Um, and possibly a zebra if I can talk Emily into it because <laughs> that would be such a nice run. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, those were the two that were highest on my list right now. Yeah. All right, guys. I need to take a quick second to tell you about a product that I've been using for quite a while now. It's called Bull Elk Beard Oil. If you've spent any amount of time in the outdoors, whether it's on the mountain, in the marsh or in the woods, you've felt the effects of the wind, the sun, and the cold on your face. What this product does, it helps you look better, feel more confident, and it helps your beard keep its moisture. Not to mention, it smells great, so now my wife can't complain as much after I come home from a long week of elk hunting. Now I need to tell you, I've gotten to know Brian the founder over the past couple months, and he is an awesome guy. Brian made sure that all of these oils are made out of clean products right here in the USA. He also loves to give back to the outdoor community, whether that's through fundraisers for public land acquisitions or even helping donate money to cover the surgery cost of duck dogs. He's an amazing guy and he makes an amazing product. So go check out bullelkbeardoil.com and be sure to check out the subscription options so that you don't have to run out of your favorite facial hair product. Plus, you can use the code NOMADIC and get 20% off your order. Yeah, I feel like those would be cool. I mean, I've I've thought about Africa up until you messaged me. I really didn't think that I would ever actually do an African big game hunt. Yeah, because the people that we I know did always think, you know, like what what do I want? What would be cool? A kudu uh, seems like an awesome one. An eland seems awesome. Yep. And they're like, huge. I feel like a warthog would be really cool. Um, I don't know why. I just think about the Euro mount that you could get from a warthog, and I think about them like smoke. What's the movie? Is that Lion King? Yeah. 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 It, as soon as you throw a Disney movie into it, it sounds like I'm a savage. <laughs> well, the warthog. I just think of the song. Yeah. Dan just shot a warthog, a meerkat, and a lion. A toucan. And a lion. Um, no, I think I think. I don't know why. I feel like a warthog wouldn't be good, and I want to try one. I they just seem like they'd be really tasty, and a leopard. But we're not gonna, we won't dive into all of those on trip number one. That might be trips two, three, or four. And I was, I was so surprised. You go through the list that they have, and I've never heard of like three quarters of these animals. Oh yeah, let alone pronounce them because <laughs> there's oh, so yeah. many different things over there. Mm-hmm. If you had to guess, how many animals, like different species, did you guys see or encounter or have oh, opportunities gosh. at? Uh, 25. 20. Uh, I mean, not including, because we went through the national park, the wildlife reserve. Um, there we saw probably hundreds of different species, but just on the property that we hunted on, I had two dozen at least I would say it's dang yeah, different variety <laughs> including giraffe i mean we got we have these really awesome oh wedding pictures 
because on our way back from the spot on the land where we got married, we were all dressed up and decked out and the giraffes were there. So we got some really awesome pictures with the giraffes in the background. That is so cool. You're going to have to send us one of those. The, yeah. I, the I giraffe will. was her flower girl. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is so sweet. Yeah. And I've seen, so, I've watched, gosh, I don't know, 50 videos from Kruger National Park because some of the most famous like animal battles that happen yeah. come from out of that park and just watching the people cruising around in the, I don't, are they Land Rovers that everybody drives there? I feel, I mean, some type of like off-road vehicle, but like cheetahs hopping on top of it and yeah. uh, lions walking right outside or you see elephants. And then the cool ones are the ones where it's like a Jeep with no top on it. And the, the elephant is chasing after them. I'm like, I don't want to experience that, but I do want to experience that. I would say you don't because <laughs> we had, we went through Krugel National Park when we'd went um, and those vehicles that you're used to seeing are like park vehicles. We went, our guide just brought us in his like van, mm -hmm. um, Volkswagen his Volkswagen one. van. Yeah. Awesome. So we just went in that and there was a situation where the elephants were in the road and they were they were displeased uh, that we were also there and it's, I wasn't super nervous until the guide put it in reverse and we just started backing oh up really gosh. slowly <laughs> and the oh. elephant was walking towards us. He was super cool as a cucumber. I was not, I yeah. was, <laughs> they are large animals when you're that close to them. Oh, that, yeah. that would be crazy to think that like, you're not safe inside of a vehicle. No, I've never been not. in that situation. I've seen big animals from a vehicle and I'm like, I'm not worried because I'm in a vehicle. You can't yeah. speak of these things because this will detour, <laughs> detour. <laughs> detour my thought of going. No, no we I, I'm excited about it. But yeah, I feel like the animal encounters are going to be cool and yeah. like to get pictures and videos yeah. of that, too. I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, well, what do I want to get? Like, do I want to be the observer and just get one? But then I figure if you shoot one, you got to shoot another. <laughs> right. But then again, I just want to also record Dan and like, because he's so giddy and he's dreamed about this and thought about it. And No, my, my goal for this trip for you is to get you to hunt a couple things. And then, and then when I come back and my buddies talk about how awesome they are at hunting, I'm going to be like, my wife is a more badass hunter than you are. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of that, <laughs> I would like to point out that um, how long did you have to trek your Impala? It was a while. Mm -hmm. it was not a great. <laughs> no. Um, and mine just kind of fell over when I shot it. I'm not oh, sure no. if she just scared it to death. <laughs> I could have. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Emily. But wasn't hard to find mine. <laughs> and and if you ever want to see true like tracking trackers yeah. and like actual hunters, the our trackers from that trip were mm -hmm. I, I don't even understand what they were following half the time. Because they were just following wasn't even prints in the dirt. Yeah. They were just following I don't know different colors in the dirt like the animals kicked up or something and we were we followed this Impala probably four hours on almost Dang. nothing and this guy I don't know they're These just trackers, crazy like looking for broken spider webs in the grass yeah, oh my gosh it, they know what they're I've, doing I've yeah. never watched somebody track an animal like these people track an animal 
That's awesome. Like, I can't wait to see that side of it. Just a little bit of everything from, yeah, the tracking. I I don't want to jinx it, but I hope no. I, I no. hope we don't have to track an animal. But right. part of me is like, hey, maybe somebody else in the group can be a bad shot, and then we can go help them so I can watch it happen. Well, trust me, my second shot on my wildemise, or my first shot on my wildemise, was a lot more uh, precise. Mm-hmm. And nice. It took a little bit more time just to make sure <laughs> we didn't have to track it again. Yeah, you're like, not again. Nope, we're not tracking this one. And if I, you injure an animal you pay for it because whether you recover it or not, Mm -hmm. because that's, that could be an animal that's lost, just not there. So, I mean, you never want as a hunter, you never want to just injure it and not recover it, but there's also monetary value to it when you're Mm -hmm. out there hunting. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's awesome that it's like, Hey, even if we don't recover it, if you hit yep. it, you're paying for yeah. it because right. that makes the hunter be, the yeah, it makes them it. be more responsible for mm-hmm. it and just have that, have that in the back of the mind, their mind yep. when, you know, they're pulling the trigger. Um, speaking of shooting, I know when we had talked, we haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, but you said you could either rent one of their rifles or you could bring your own. Um, with their rifles, did you get to, like, I mean, do they take you out and shoot, make sure everything's sighted in? Or is it kind of like, uh, you gotta, you just have to trust that it's on (laughs) at least with our first experience. Um, yes, we got to shoot everybody that was going to hunt shot the rifles first to make sure you felt comfortable with it. Um, so you weren't just going in entirely blind and trusting what they have. So that was helpful to at least get a feel for it first. Um, also worth maybe not worth mentioning i don't know i thought it was interesting they use silencers on all of their rifles suppressors sorry nice suppressors (laughs) i wouldn't even know the difference (laughs) i mean it's cool like the suppressor debate here in the u.s you have to pay a lot more for it but if you Mm -hmm. look at most places in the world they they either recommend it or like make it to where you have to have one in order to hunt and part of it's like the noise obviously hearing protection you don't want to scare every animal off and the difference that a suppressor makes versus unsuppressed especially on you know those bigger calibers is insane mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah no one no, one of the phs and like the professional hunters as they call them over there said they can get a suppressor over the counter mm-hmm. um but to get a firearm it can take up to nine to twelve months. Oh wow. So it's just kind of backwards, backwards from what yeah. we're used to here. Yeah, that's crazy. Do you know what uh what caliber you guys were shooting over there? Yeah, 300 win mag. Oh nice. Dang. That's I feel like I need to start practicing now. <laughs> oh, we're gonna be <laughs> shooting a lot. We will definitely be, but part of me is like, man, I would love to have my own rifle over there. But I totally understand the whole custom side of it. Like trying to transport a rifle from here to Africa. I yeah. don't know if I want that headache. And then like there's always that it. fear of like, hey, it didn't make it here. Yeah. Nope. What they, um, distance did you shoot? Is that right, Dad? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. I'm like, how far do I need to start practicing? I would say under, <laughs> under 100. Isn't okay. the grass pretty tall? There's a lot of bushes and lot just there's a lot of stuff going on it's not like 100 percent 
grassland. I think they recommend being, well, I think they officially recommend being a solid shot at 50 yards. Okay. Oh, but yeah. We probably go to 100 just yeah. to be safe. What do you know about opportunities with a bow? Can Could I potentially hunt with a bow instead of a rifle? You could, but um, I think he's grabbing the paper now. I think they require a 10 day minimum for a bow hunt. Do you just have to extend it then? That's really oh, what it's down to. You just have to stay in South Africa longer. Dan <laughs> <laughs> does not Sorry, need Sam. any new ideas. <laughs> I just, my mind automatically goes to like childcare and I'm like, oh my gosh, someone's going to be stuck with my kids for 10 days. <laughs> Um, I, don't make it same with yourself, the, though. any dangerous game too i think you need to extend it and need a minimum of seven hunting days mm-hmm. whereas ours right now is only booked at five yeah oh okay so there are certain species they require more time just because it's more challenging it's not just out there yeah like the and we animal. talked about this on the call earlier but what is the website or company that you guys have gone through um and would you recommend that same company yeah. again the one we did yeah the one we did was african trophy pursuit um out of polakwane south africa i can i won't spell that for you yeah. but um if you just google african trophy pursuit mm-hmm. their website should be among the top selections there and i would 10 out of 10 recommend them nice. uh, to anybody interested in going family uh, run operation the husband and wife were super communi- communicative, mm-hmm. very informative with us, talked to us through the whole process. And and they hang out with you, too. Cool. Like, you're not just left to your own devices. It, it really That's feels cool. like you're just on a trip with a bunch of your friends. Yeah, they, like, welcome you in. Yeah, you, like, absolutely. Family. Is there a pool <laughs> where we're going? Where we're going? I believe there is. Because the new the new website or new company is the the one we're going through this in 2023 mm-hmm. is Noomzon, um, and I've this a new for us. So I've never mm-hmm. been there, but I believe there is a pool from their website. I just I can't remember say, off the if, top of my head. Like I'm just if we looking go out, out to the African safari, like chilling in the pool. Well, no, I'm thinking <laughs> about like if I go out and I get two animals early on. I'm going to have to distract myself right? somehow so I don't just pay for more and more and more. <laughs> We're going to have to set like a budget before we go. Like, <laughs> but I'm sure it's going to be one of those things like you hit your max and you're like, but there's this one more right in yeah. front of me. <laughs> oh, man, that's going to be so interesting to have it kind of a la carte. I can just pick and choose. And oh. one, they were trying to get you to basically call one like. There was a, a sesame, a tesabi, sesame. Ses- I don't know how to say it. Mm-hmm. Some kind of antelope creature. He had. He was. They. He was well known in the group. I think he had a wonky horn. Mm-hmm. Um, older, and they said we'll give him to you for half. Oh. And well, he was causing issues. He was pushing yeah. smaller sesames through the fence, and they were. It was just becoming a problem. Yeah, it he, was, sense, he was so. killing the other animals. Yeah. So he. They wanted to just get them out of the herd. Um, but even half on a $5,000 animal is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need this pricing list ahead of time so we can. Sam's <laughs> like, like, this is Sam's a no-go like, zone. Tell me this is... 
how many cull animals do you have that I can just come <laughs> and take out the problem? Because you were explaining, you said one bullet is 619. So is that like yes. most of them are in that range, but then there's the more expensive ones? Well, the the just the shot itself for you to take that shot, um, it was it was 40 bucks a day in US dollars to rent mm-hmm. the rifle and then 619 a shot that you took. So the animal, the trophy fees themselves are entirely different. I was thinking six hundred ninety. Oh no, six dollars. Okay, so you pay for the piece. You pay for the ammo, but then each animal you. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna need that price list. (laughs) It is right on the website. Be a good shot if it's gonna be six hundred and ninety. I was like, oh, six nineteen for an Impala. Like that's not bad. Oh well, yeah, you were thinking like per animal that you shoot at, it costs you that. Okay, yeah. That makes a little more sense. I'm like, yeah, no, ammo is not that expensive. I know it's, I know it's increased, but it's not that much. No, so I don't have the website up, but I think like an Impala, if you wanted to shoot was like $450. Okay. um, Is the trophy fee for that animal. Yeah. And then they range wildly. Yeah. Um, I think a giraffe was like 4,500. Which wow. I mean doesn't doesn't that seem is, like that much. No, I guess. that's insanely cheap but, compared to what I would have accept, expected. Cheap. And once you see the size, once you see the size of them, you're like, holy man! Like only forty five hundred for that one. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh my goodness! Dang, that does seem like a lot though. But I guess whenever you're for in for a the giraffe, moment, I mean, I guess I've <laughs> talked to too many people who hunt in Texas. Yeah, and like hearing about the prices that high fence operations charge. I mean, you're you're not only paying for the animal. Obviously, they have to get the animals there. They have to breed yeah. them or have some type of healthy population of them. And then, on top of that, you're paying for convenience. You don't have to fly to Africa, but yeah, when you said giraffe, I was thinking it was going to be in the tens of thousands. Mm-mm. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. My mind is kind of blown <laughs> all over again. I'm I'm excited. To... Dan, you better start doing some more podcasting, <laughs> some more ad placements or something. <laughs> you gotta well, save up. I'll have I'll have Tony pull it up and we can tell you exactly what a giraffe is. Just for okay. just you know. And we can add the link to to the website in the description. Yeah. If anyone's curious, but I, yeah, I'm just trying to think like bucket list, what would it be? But we'll, we'll be looking into a lot of different animals and we'll, I don't know. I've never been in this position. Oh, sorry. We, we were a little high on the draft. It's only 3,600. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is getting better. Just keep talking and keep digging some more. It'll be like a hundred bucks by the time we're done. (laughs) No, that's, that's cool. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think, you know, we're going to do what we can to make this trip happen. And think about this. We could all be podcasting from Africa. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. Business right off. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is definitely happening. (laughs) I mean, it is for sure. So uh, let's, let's actually dive into business a little bit because after this hunt, I know you guys started a business and I mean, kind of everything has happened since then you know there's yes. there's got been pregnant. covid and you guys Ugh. are married and you got pregnant and all of that but um why don't you talk a little bit about the business you started why you started it what your hopes are for it yeah well hopes very early stages so like you said life just happened and it's been mostly an idea of mine uh, for a while but i was able to plan our africa trip for 
nine people to go. I often take the lead on anytime we go to Montana. Uh, we've done Arizona together. Mm-hmm. And I just, he's the, the hunter, although I do it. He's the hunter and he just wants to go and yeah. shoot his animals. I deal with everything behind the scenes because I'm the traveler. I like that adventure. So to combine our two passions, um, I started something called the Traveling Hunter. As And my hope for that was to help other people plan those same trips. Not those same trips, mm-hmm. but to be that resource to do the planning stage so they didn't have to worry about it. They're just worried about going on the hunt and enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, so that's my that's the general idea uh, whether it be stateside doing any kind of hunts in montana or colorado things like that whether it be with a guide or just a diy operation i'm happy to help with those types of things the diy stuff tony's probably more of a resource than i would be but i can help you book a flight yeah Um, and and it also doesn't have to be rugged like I can tell you, I'm not going to be out sleeping in the back of our tundra hunting elk like he did a couple years ago, but I get an Airbnb <laughs> and that's our home base. Lamping. We just need to all start going hunting all over the place together because Sam would love to just go hang out in oh, an Airbnb, Airbnb in, I'm all for yeah. in Montana. We've been talking about our 10 year and wanting to go to Hawaii. Well, there's a lot of things that you can hunt there's, and fish oh, yeah. for there. And I'm like... See, that's like, what I need to do. I need to pair can... up this hunt with another couple. Me and the guy go hunt, and Sam can sit and drink pina coladas on the beach. And Malibu and Coke. <laughs> Malibu and Coke, or, yes. Or Italy, Ibex. Italy and Ibex. Oh my yep. gosh, that would be an amazing hunt. Another, well, just uh, the other one. We were originally planning before COVID hit to do spring of 2021. Tony and I were going to do um, Himalayan tar in New Zealand. Oh, oh man, which is really a goat go thing, but I have yeah. zero interest in hunting the goat, but I wanted to go to New Zealand. New so, Zealand would be amazing. I've always wanted to do red stag there. So pretty. I feel like that would be a ton of fun. But yeah, New Zealand is a whole And that world. was that was my problem my hold up with I mean COVID happened, so New Zealand shut down, but yeah. My holdup was I wouldn't I didn't have anybody to go with because I didn't want to climb into the mountains to hunt a mountain goat. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to enjoy New Zealand and doing that by yourself isn't as fun while he's up hunting. Yeah. So we could make a thing out of this. Couples who hunt. <laughs> yeah, the hunting couples. Yes. <laughs> I that's a that's a good idea. It's it's gonna be like a speed dating service or like an uh, <laughs> Match.com for other hunting couples. To the ladies like, get along, to the guys yeah, get along. Swipe left if your budget is this and <laughs> New Zealand interests you. Now you're talking. Swipe right if one of you hunts and the other one doesn't. <laughs> I, yeah, I could get behind that. We've talked about it all, like me and my hunting buddies have talked about planning family trips where all the ladies could get together. And then we quickly realized, like, with our kids, that means we have to convince our wives on their vacation to hang out with the children. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, or oh, we figure out childcare. Exactly. Um, right. But man, I'm excited. I'm. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see too, how your business plays out. You know, once baby comes, you guys get settled in. Like Dan and I talk about this a lot that hunting sometimes seems far off or even Africa talking about it. Like 
we would have never expected to do something like this. So having, you know, you as an expertise and um, sharing from your past and like how it works and whatnot, having those like resources is part of, you know, the hardest part of going out and actually doing something. So yeah, it's such and a great resource to people. Yeah, it can be overwhelming just thinking about a new place and all that would go into it. And so I love the business idea behind what you're what you're starting. And I feel like people all over the place, no matter where they are, you know, growing up in Wisconsin or in a big city somewhere, need to understand like there are so many opportunities out there. Most of them, if you put a little time into planning, they're attainable. They're definitely attainable. And they're probably not that crazy of a budget mm -hmm. if you want to go and do an out of state hunt somewhere or even an international hunt and pair it as a vacation or a wedding destination. Right. It doesn't have to be an arm and a leg to go do these things. And that's what people, that's what people think of that. I have to pay a guide and do all of this. And before yeah. you know it, it's a $25,000 venture. It does not have to be. And, and it can be family friendly too. Yeah. Like these Africa hunts is it's, it can yeah, baby be for girls coming guys, too. But I'm not leaving her home. She's yeah. coming along and she's going to see the drafts. <laughs> yeah. You'll thank yourself later too. We, that was one thing when we had kids was we're not going to change our life for the kids. They're no. coming into our life. And we, both of our kids have been camping since they were three months old, slept in a tent in the bed of Dan's truck. And, you know, we've continued that now they're four and five and it builds their resilience and they love adventure. And yeah, I feel like that's the best thing you can do as a parent is just take them along for the ride. Oh yeah. They've been in more States at this point and they're only four and five. They've been in more States than I had been up until I was like almost 30, probably, probably. Yeah. 30, close to 30. Yeah. So yeah, that's our intent as well. I mean, I know it changes things and you have to be a little more, there's a little more logistical planning and you have to put them first, of course, but yeah. I don't want to change the way we live our lives to shelter them from anything is yeah. there. She's going to be perfectly capable of camping or going out on these hunts or traveling uh, as we are. Yeah. And hopefully she loves it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I'm glad you guys reached out and I don't want to take up too much of your night, but I do want to give you a chance before we hop off this podcast to share with the listeners where, where can they find you guys if they want to follow along with your journey or what website can they go to um, to check out your business? Well, I have a very limited social media presence because I just have not done a whole lot with it. But uh, The Traveling Hunter uh, is the website and the Facebook page is where you will find our information. Uh, there's not, I'll be honest, there's not a ton out there, but it's a start. That's and okay. The pictures on the website. Are, are good. <laughs> Go check them out. We were like, yep, they check out. <laughs> They're real. They're legit. That was half the battle is just learning how to build a website myself, oh, but yeah. I did it. Good job. It does look good so, too. The Traveling Hunter, uh, and I can be reached through that channel, of course, but Facebook as well. And I will do my best to accommodate whatever requests we have. And I'm still figuring it out. So I don't mm -hmm. really have any Hey, another hunt per se. But another hunt will give you more content. So exactly, <laughs> more yes. coming, more to come, for sure. 
Well, that's awesome. Tony, Emily, thank you guys so much for hopping on. And we will definitely be getting back to you. I mean, <laughs> I think we're going to make texting basis now. Yes, yeah, we're going to be <laughs> texting each other a lot now. And I'm going to go look at the menu. <laughs> <laughs> yep. As, to- as Tony spent the last 10 minutes doing himself. So. Well, I'm pumped. I, I can't wait to meet you guys in person. And uh, yeah. Thanks again. Thanks for hopping on and hopefully we'll see you soon. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. That sounds great. And thank you for having us. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. What did I tell you? I mean, what a wild deal. Complete strangers saying, Hey, you guys should come to South Africa and hunt with us. And now we're planning on it. I mean, I think there is a very high chance that we go and do this hunt with them. And what's crazy is that there's eight spots, but they're not all full. I think there's still four open. And so this is gonna be wild. I don't throw this out there to listeners all the time. I mean, I don't throw invites out to just like literally anybody, but if going to Africa and hunting with the four of us is something that intrigues you, reach out, shoot me an email, Hit me up on Instagram, and maybe it'll be a good fit. We can share more details, and Emily is getting more of that lined out for us. And so, yeah, I guess that's all I can say. Shoot me a message. We'll see what happens. And until next time, always choose adventure, and God bless.